Thank you, praise team, for leading us this morning. And Pastor Bob, it seems like uh, as a church, look at that, a mass exodus. Yeah, I'm kind of getting used to it. Seems like as a church, we've been through an awful lot the last few months, hasn't it? And it, uh, you know, I, I guess I would say this, it's, it's not a mark that God doesn't care, or God's displeased, but sometimes it's just life. And not only that, sometimes in the midst of it, when, when we're seeking to try to find God's will and really serve God and really do something fresh for Him, oftentimes we'll, we'll face some difficulties in our life. And so I'd say this, don't lose heart. <laughs> As John would say, abide, stay, remain, keep in your faith, because I believe God will finish what He started in our church. What about you? And so I know uh, a lot of you, as I, as I look around this congregation, Bob mentioned a few of our prayer requests, and I'm aware of, of many of you who are going through difficulties, and, and we're praying for you, and we love you. And uh, aren't you glad for a place like this where you can come and people can love you and support you? And so we're, we're thinking, and your pastor thinks about you, and I, I, I try to be there as much as I can. Sometimes I know I probably miss things, and if I do, it's, it's not purposeful and it's not personal. It's just kind of the, 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 the weight of life sometimes keeps us from being everywhere we'd like to be, but uh, you're loved here. Uh, who, who's, uh, I'm curious, if you're an iPhone person, raise your hand. If you're a droid person, raise your hand, Okay have a few people that are wrong. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an iPhone guy, and, and uh, you know, I love, I just got my new iPhone 6, and it's the same size as my iPhone 5, so I didn't even have to buy a new case, praise the Lord. You know, I just put it in the old case, and it, you know, it's set up, and you know, I love my iPhones. I, sw- I don't swear by them. Pastors can't swear by them, right? What, what, what do I do with them? I really like them. Uh, I really like my iPhone, and you know, it's, you know, it's something, you know, I've, I've had debates with people over it, tongue in cheek. I really don't care what kind of phone you have. If you're happy with it, God bless Bless you. Uh, but, but brand drives, right? You know, we, we have particular brands and things that we use, and, and it, will, it will guide and drive our actions. Uh, for instance, the cars that you drive. Now, typically in a congregation, I'm in, from Southwest Ohio, I would have said Ford and Chevy, right? You know, Ford and GM. And, and you'd have had a, I guess I have to include Honda here, right? Uh, or maybe I don't have to say anything, Honda or Honda, right? Uh, you know, since Honda pays the bills in Marysville, we praise the Lord for Honda. And uh, but but you know people are driven by their brands. What you know cars? I'm curious. Who, who who would say they're a Ford person? Raise your hand. Like three or four of you. A GM person. A Honda person. Yeah. There we go. You know brand drives. Now here's a more serious one. Wits or farmhouse, right? You know, that's, that, that is the major debate in town where you get your ice cream. That's, that's probably the most important question I'll ask you today is, is what ice cream you like. So, you know, there's all sorts of brands drive. You, you know, we, we have uh, things that we will purchase because it is a particular brand or it, it's something that we've used in the past and it's, it's been pleasing or successful or it's worked. Um, and, and so we buy according to, to brand. But, but brand doesn't just drive what we buy, it drives what we do. And when I'm talking about brand, I'm talking about those things that we trust. Uh, 
the, the things that we trust, the things that we believe in, those will drive our actions. And, and oftentimes the things that we think are most important will be the things that we spend the most money and time on. Now, I wrote it like this in your note notes. Convictions drive action. And, and, and there's convictions we have that we say are convictions, but they really aren't convictions. You, you know, there's things that we say, oh, that's a conviction of mine. But, but if you were to stop and examine your actions, probably it's not really a conviction or your actions would be different. Convictions drive action, and a conviction is a firmly held belief. So, I'm, I, my conviction is that iPhone's better than Droid, so I buy Droid. Your, your conviction is Honda's better than Ford, so you buy a Honda. Your conviction is Wits is better than Farmhouse, so you go to Wits, right? You know, it's, it's a firmly held belief that will drive your action, and it's from small to big. What we believe... What we really believe will work our, its way into your life. That, that somehow those convictions, and, and sometimes they're spoken, and sometimes they're unspoken. So sometimes these are things that we say, oh yeah, this is a conviction, and sometimes it's just, it's just deep down. And sometimes we say it's a conviction, but it's really not, because it doesn't work its way into your life. Convictions drive action. And we're, we're, we're finishing up First John. This is, we've got this week and then next week. I, I've enjoyed going through First John, but it seems like we've been in First John a long time, right? Just be glad it wasn't Romans. We'd be like in there for like two years, okay? So, so I, I'm, I'm glad to be getting through First John and, and moving to an, another area, but we're, we're finishing up today and, and, and then next week. T today is really the close. Barclay writes that uh, we're, we're going verses 1 through 13 of chapter um, 5. Barclay writes that 14 through 21 is postscript. That, that really when you get to verses 14 through 21, he, he's, he's adding a PS to the letter. It's a very important postscript, and we're going to talk about it. But, but, but really, John is concluding his main thoughts in this portion of the letter. And, and today, we're going to talk about, you know, we've talked about abiding. We've, we've spent a lot of time talking about abiding, amen? <laughs> we've talked about remaining. We, we've talked about love and obedience. And, and today, we're going to talk about another word that's important to us as believers, and it's the word faith and belief. And as John is driving home his point about the importance of abiding and remaining and loving and obedience, John gets to this ideal of believing and having faith. And can I say it like this? Having real convictions about our relationship with Jesus Christ. In other words, John gets to the point where he's saying, listen, all this stuff that we say it can't just be lip service but it has to be something deep down within you that drives your actions so first john chapter 5 beginning in verse 1 whoever believes there we go that jesus is the christ is born of god and whoever loves the father loves the child born of him by this we know that we love the children of god that we love god and observe his commandments for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. 
For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood. Jesus Christ, not with water only, but with the water and with the blood. It is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and the three are in agreement. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. If that's true, say amen. For the testimony of God is this, that he has testified concerning his Son. The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has the life. He, He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Lord, bless your word. Help us as we move through it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, so John's been dealing with these big issues. He, he's, 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 he's spent a great deal of time talking about remaining and abiding. And, and I believe that John's words are true to us today as well. That in, in the church, in Christianity, in, in my life from time to time, there has been this temptation not to walk away from faith, but to stray from faith, to, to, begin, to begin to wonder, to, to begin to just kind of move away a little bit. And so John's talking to, to, to people about staying firm, and, and that is relevant to us today, particularly in our age, that the churches are being drawn, not in a dramatic way, but piece by piece, bit by bit. And so John says, remain stay, stay true. And he spends a great deal of his letter talking about that very thing. And, and then he talks about love, the, the importance of love and obedience. And, and, and somehow our love for God is connected for our love of each other. If we can't love each other, we can't love God. And if we love God, we're going to love each other. These are con- connected concepts and connected ideas. And he talks about obedience. And then today, he begins to talk about faith. And belief. Real faith leads to obedience and love. In other words, when our convictions are real, when we really believe and when we really have faith, it changes how we live. You know, Paul talks about faith and belief a lot, and then you know, James in his letter says, You show me. You you tell me what you believe, I'll show you my faith by my works. Not not that he was saved by works, but he had this deep down understanding that what we really believe drives our actions. And can we we just stop for a moment and, and admit that there's times in our life that we say we believe something, but our actions tell us we believe something else. Real faith leads to obedience and love. Now, when John is using this word faith and believe, it's, it's a connected word. And faith slash believe is to be 
firmly persuaded. This isn't something that's, that's wishy-washy. It's, it's not halfway. It's not some partial belief. It's, it's not a sometime belief. It is this firmly persuaded belief, this per, firmly persuaded conviction of something. And then in, his, in this portion of the letter, he begins to describe some, some elements of our faith. You know, the, the things that we should be firmly convinced of, the things we should be con- firmly persuaded by, the, the, the things that if we, if we really grab hold of, it will change how we live. What are those things? He says, Jesus was fully God and fully man. We've got to grab hold of that. That that this wasn't some good man that died. This was the God man who died. That, That Jesus wasn't just God, but he was fully human. And a lot of the writing in this letter, in this portion of the letter, is John arguing that Jesus was fully God and fully man. Don't lose that aspect of your faith. It is significant. If he was only a man, his death was just a martyr's death, and it doesn't forgive your sins. But because he was God, his his death was effective in reconciling us with our Heavenly Father. Our relationship with God was broken. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And none of us can make it on our own. And so we needed God to step in the gap, and he did through Jesus Christ. But there's more. Not only was he all God, he was all man. So so that means that Jesus gives us the example of not just going to heaven, but living a, a life where we overcome in this world. That, that somehow, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God can give you the ability to live a life that's pleasing to Him. Be firmly convinced Jesus was fully God and fully man. He, he talks about His death in here, and you know, He talks about the blood, and He talks about the water, and there's a lot of imagery. We, you know, when He's talking about the water and the blood, He could be talking about the baptism and the crucifixion, or He could talk about, be talking about the, the ideal. John talks about how when Jesus is crucified, that they, they, they pierced His side and water and blood came out. So there's a lot of uh, debate about what He means, but, but He's clearly talking, at least in part, about the death of Jesus. And so we should have faith. We should be firmly persuaded that Jesus really suffered and died and rose from the dead. It's not a myth. It's not a story. It's not a parable. Jesus physically died. He didn't faint. He wasn't asleep. It wasn't pretend. But Jesus, the Son of God, the perfect Son of God, died and was buried in a tomb. And not only that, He rose from the dead. 
You know, without, without the cross, there's no salvation. Without the resurrection, there's no hope. But Jesus gives us both. What we have, the, the, the power of the cross and the hope of the resurrection, and we need to be firmly convinced of that. The third thing is this. God wants to fill me with his Holy Spirit. God wants to do a significant work within you. He doesn't want to just save you and, and, and give you a ticket to heaven, but God wants to change your here and nows. God, God wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit so that you can bring glory to him. You know how God moves on this earth now? He moves through you and I. He fills people with His Holy Spirit, not so that we can be the center of attention, but so that we can bring glory to God. And He does that through His Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is active in this place this morning. We've gathered in this room and we have a joint mission. We want to experience God. And so the power of the Holy Spirit is here this morning. Never underestimate our gatherings. You know, our scatterings are as important as our gatherings, but our gatherings are unique and special and important because as we've gathered, the Holy Spirit is in this place. And maybe... Maybe you're just trying to figure all this out and, and, and maybe you need a fresh touch from God and maybe you need to have a better understanding. And, and I believe even as I speak, the Holy Spirit is talking to you. Amen. And the awesome thing is He talks to you to your unique need. Wow! You see the commercial where the heads blow? God's Holy Spirit is available to fill us, to change us, to empower us, to give us direction, to give us new purity. Let me tell you why. I'm not perfect. I'm not. And you go, oh, you're kidding, Pastor. I know, you guys are shocked. But I know the difference the Holy Spirit in my life has made. I'm going to stop there just for a second. Because this is significant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, is, this is the glory of the New Testament. This is the glory uh, of the, the post-Acts church, the, 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 the Pentecost church, is that the Holy Spirit is not just hit or miss, but the Holy Spirit is available to every believer who is willing to, who is a believer, number one. But, but I think the problem is oftentimes we, we have the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit doesn't have all of us. If you're a believer today, you have the Holy Spirit. But the question always is, does the Holy Spirit have all of you? Are there things that you're holding back? See, God wants to empower us and use us, and He wants us to experience the power of His Spirit. Number four, God wants me, He wants you, wants us to experience eternal life. I, th I think that was a good time for everybody to say, aren't you glad for eternal life? Say amen. amen. <laughs> Terry, aren't you glad for eternal life? 
David. Aren't you glad for the hope of eternal life? All you who have dealt with loss, Jim, aren't you glad that when we talk about Jesus and God and what it means, it means you're going to see Pearly. <laughs> I, I wish I'd have known her name was Pearly. I like that better than Evelyn, I think. You're going to see Evelyn again. You know, this, this joy, this hope that we have of eternal life. And, and, and there is this hope of heaven. But, but eternal life begins now and extends into eternity. This isn't... God saying, okay, you know, suffer through, and at the end of everything, then, then okay, you get to go to heaven, and you get a, you'll, you'll be able to play the harp, which is like awesome. Uh, you'll sit on clouds, and you know, have big wings. No, I don't know if that's what heaven's like or not. You know, the, the hope of eternity begins now. I have come, this is Jesus, not me. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. See, see, as Christians, as people who have firm convictions, we believe that God wants us to experience a quality of life that's eternal, even in the midst of a temporary world. Amen. Oh, my goodness. That we as believers, we've gathered, and we've gathered in here on a resurrection Sunday morning, because every Sunday is a resurrection Sunday morning, and we purposely gather on Sunday mornings. Not that it's wrong to have gatherings other times, don't, don't mishear me, but, but Sundays are special, and we gathered here because we're given testimony to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and that resurrection power of Jesus Christ is at work within every believer this morning. Those are the things that John is talking about. Have faith. Be, have a conviction. Be firmly persuaded of these things because it will make a difference in how you live your life. Convictions drive actions. So let me ask you, what do your actions say about your convictions. I mean, if all this is true, and you know, Jesus was fully God, fully human, came in the flesh, died and rose from the dead, and God wants to fill me with his spirit so that I can have eternal life beginning now and going past this world. If that's firmly our conviction, do our actions, do my actions, do your actions reflect that as a belief. See, John's problem was that the early church was starting to stray from their firm convictions. If you were to ask them, okay, is, is this true? Is, is this belief right? They'd say, oh yeah, we believe Jesus was fully God, fully, fully human, we believe he rose from the dead. But their actions were given testimony other convictions. There were other things that were important. Can I give you another principle today? And I think this is important. I don't know, I was doing something a couple weeks ago and God just kind of laid this on my mind. Lesser steals from greater. I hate to say it like this, but I think it's true. Lesser always steals from greater. What do I mean by that? Things that are of lesser importance 
always steal from the things of greater importance. So, uh, easy example. I believe healthy eating and exercise is appropriate, right, and good. That's the best way to live. But anytime I practice couch potato, you know, the couch potato Olympics, uh, when, when, I, when I'm eating donuts as, a, you know, not a supplement to my diet, but my whole diet, <laughs> you know, even though uh, that, that's the greater, the lesser is stealing from the greater. Um, I, I believe family time is important, but, but, but when I veg out in front of a TV, when, when, when I don't want to spend time with, with people, when I'm, when I'm just so tired, lesser steals from greater. Kids, schoolwork's important, but video games are a lot more fun, right? The lesser steals from greater. We, we, we see this principle work. And, and think about your schedule this week, the things you do, and, and count how many times lesser steals from greater. In our life in God, uh, we, we can have a, a statement of beliefs and things that we believe, but, but we can also allow lesser to steal from greater. We can settle. We can choose our own comfort over submission. We can choose, and I, I, why do we do this? We've all done this, so I'm not pointing any fingers because I've done this as well. We, we can choose anger and bitterness over forgiveness. And it doesn't do anything but hurt us, right? Anybody ever experienced that where you're mad and the other person doesn't even know you're mad or doesn't even care? Maybe our wants over kingdom giving and living. We would all say, if I were to ask you individually, I believe probably most people in here would say, yeah, God's will is the best. But how often do we choose our will over God's will? Lesser stills from greater. Shallow relationships over deep relationships. I'm trying to think how to say this so, so that it's clear. The casual is a lot easier than the deep, right? You know, it's a lot easier to ask somebody how they're doing if you're not expecting them to really tell you how they're doing, right? Uh, you know, it's a lot easier to talk about the weather than to talk about deep, dark hurts. And yet we believe, I think we believe, that in these deep, significant relationships of life, there is this great eternal value. And yet, oftentimes, we wear a shell and stay in the lesser. Lesser steals from greater. How about sitting over serving? <laughs> that too close to home? <laughs> you know, I'm tired too. All of us grow tired but I believe there's something energizing when we give and we serve. We've all experienced it. All these things are examples of lesser stealing from greater. So let me ask you, where have you accepted lesser over greater? 
Is it possible that there's, there's things in your life that, that you've accepted something less even than what you really believe? Okay, go back to the main point. God sees more in us than we see in us. And you know, I, I'm reminded of Norman Moore. Uh, Norman Moore talked, when he preached, he talked about how when he, he preaches, he, he just imagines Jesus saying these things with a smile. And, 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 and I like that concept because I believe God's standing before us, not, not me as God, but God is here in this place. And God's not bashing us, wanting to bash us over the head. And to the extent my sermon may be bashing you over the head, that's not God. That's maybe me mis, misappropriating what God wants you to hear. But I believe God stands up here with open arms and says, don't you understand? I didn't come to make things hard. I came to give you life. And yet we accept oftentimes lesser over greater, and we don't allow God to do fully that work. And we'll say we believe these things. God is calling us to greater, not lesser. Not to compromise. And this is probably a bad example for a Nazarene congregation. Do you ever see those guys when they're gambling and they go all in? Everybody's going, I don't even know what you're talking about, Pastor. <laughs> you know, that all in. Here's all I've got. I, I'm betting on this cards. <laughs> well, we're kind of betting our lives on God. That, that John's call, at its essence... John's call is saying, don't settle for less. Don't, don't settle for a partial commitment. Don't, don't settle for halfway. You know, I, I'm convinced that in the church there's, I'm not going to say this church, but I think generally in the church, I think there's a lot of halfway Christians. That, that like the ideal, that may be partly committed, that, that maybe, maybe they're somewhat invested. And, and I tend to think that partway Christian is the most dissatisfying way to live. That's right. yeah. I, it is. It's just, it's what, you know, when John writes Revelation and Jesus talks to, I think it's the church at Ephesus and they're lukewarm, Right? And, and the words are basically, I want to vomit you up. <laughs> you know, you make, that makes me sick. And it makes us sick. And, and, and we can go through life just kind of halfway doing it. And John's saying, don't halfway do it. You know, abide, remain, stay, love, obedience, faith. All these things are commitment words. Stand with me if you will. No music, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. This is the end of, in essence, we got a postscript next week, and next week will be Labor Day and have people playing softball and doing all sorts of things. So uh, this, this may be your week. And so all heads bowed, all eyes closed, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Uh, may, maybe you've been settling for lesser and God's calling you for greater. 
And we have altars in the front, and you know we're we're here at a unique time. You know we've gathered for this purpose, and and sometimes we think, oh well, I'll wait till I get to my car or get home. It won't happen that way. See, the Spirit's talking to you now, and encouraging you to come and pray. You can pray in your pews, but there's something there's something significant when we step out by faith. So I'm going to wait just for a second. I'm not going to wait long, and then I'm going to close this in prayer. If, if there's something you'd like to just bring to God, I'd encourage you to do it now.
today, just a, a couple things uh, to be aware of. Uh, I love you folks. I'm praying for you. I hope you're praying for me. If you're praying for your pastor, say amen. amen. If you believe your pastor needs prayer, say amen. amen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, doing something just a little bit different, so, you know, if, don't be shocked, but instead of doing announcements early in the service, we want to do them now, and you, you can sit, stand, just be aware of all the important things. You've got a tailgate party on September 17th in neighborhoods over here. I encourage you, if you'd like to come out and just connect with neighbors, you can see the Fall Revival and Faith Promise is coming up as well. And then this Cry Out, which is a ladies' event. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet. Uh, we're, we're trying to get some other churches involved as well. So if you have a friend in another church that's part of a ladies' group, this is a free simulcast on a Friday night, and we'll be in the the Family Life Center, I believe, with tables as a time of fellowship. And so I'd encourage you to sign up if you're interested or if you know another ladies group that might be interested. And then remember our blood drive. As I said early in the service, if you're a guest this morning, welcome. We're, we're glad you're, you're here with us. We hope you felt welcome. I'm going to be in the coffee shop immediately after the service. And so if you'd like to meet with me, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to join me there. You are dismissed. God bless.